Thank you, praise team, for leading us. What an awesome selection of songs. Honestly, the, all I have is Christ. That song gets me every time. Man, the, the, the trajectory of our lives before Christ and what he did for us. How awesome. Thank you for that, praise team. Man, I'm in a... I just about lost my voice before I even started preaching. Man, I'm singing those songs. I love, I love to worship, man. Um, I want to talk to you guys a little bit today about, about hope and hopelessness. We, uh, we, we tend to understand hopelessness. Hopelessness is something that we, we, we can understand. We can, we can see it. We can recognize it when we see it. It's not something we'd have to teach a class to understand. Hopelessness is, is, is something that we can identify. On a large scale, we might see it um, in our culture, um, in the economy. On a personal level, hopelessness is being a Lions fan. No. Uh, <laughs> hopelessness, we see hopelessness on a personal level in, in sickness, in, in relationship problems. Um, it can be financial hardship. It can be homelessness. Um, I think maybe there's no more vivid uh, or stark picture of hopelessness than seeing somebody on the side of the road with a sign um, begging for money. Um, of, of course, there's some of those people that, that put on a facade. You know, they... they they are in hopes of garnering more sympathy, so they put on a facade of hopelessness. Um, but I think, I think that even the people who panhandle dishonestly, I mean, that's, that's just a, a whole different type of hopelessness, but it's still hopelessness. Uh, you know, some, some of them put on a facade of, some panhandlers will put on a facade of hope. Um, they're, they're there, um, and they, they try to make it look you know, as though they have hope. I was down in Detroit a couple weeks back, um, and I, I was driving my van, and I pulled up to a stop sign, and I noticed a man on the side of the road with a broom and a dustpan, and he was sweeping along the curb, and, uh, and he had a tips cup in his hand as he was sweeping. And as I was waiting for the light, several people put something in his cup, and, uh, and as the light turned green, everybody, everybody from the intersection pulled through except me. I didn't make it. I was the only one who didn't make it through the light. And as the light turned red, I turned around and looked at the man who was taking his dustpan and spreading the dirt back out in preparation for the next line of cars who were coming through. And, and, and I laughed. I had to laugh at it because it was funny. But, but man, what a, what, a, what a picture of hopelessness. He's, he's out there with this, this thing. He's trying to portray this idea but man, he's, he's, he's got nothing. What a hopeless sight. We, we understand hopelessness. We can, we can recognize it. But hope is, hope is a more difficult concept to grasp. Usually we think of hope as, as a want, something that, that we see as something that, that might happen. So like I want my, I, I hope my team does well, or I hope to get a promotion at work. You know, something, something that is, Something that we desire in the future, but is uncertain. That's usually how we think of the term hope. But Peter talks about a different kind of hope. And if you have your Bible today, turn to 1 Peter 1, 
Um, and I want, I want to look at what Peter is talking about with hope today. We're going to uh, read a couple verses. We're going to start with 1 Peter 1. And I'm just going to read through it real quick, and then we'll, uh, we'll jump back and go through it verse by verse. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 9, it said, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Looking at this passage, I think that we can answer a couple questions about hope. The first question that I want to ask is, what is hope? What is hope? Is it, is it merely something that we see in the future and we hope might happen? We, we, we think it's a possibility? I'd say that Peter here is not talking about an uncertain possibility. But here, here, Peter, and all throughout the New Testament, the hope that we see is something that is certain, is something that is absolutely going to happen. It's something uh, also that, that is, because of its certainty, it motivates us. It inspires us in the way that we live. So instead of, I hope I get a promotion at work... Instead, it's, my boss has promised me that I'm getting a promotion at the end of the year. So it's, it's a totally another, another perspective on the future. This might happen. This is going to happen. And, and it builds on this certainty in how it affects us, how it causes us to react. So I am expecting a promotion at the end of the year, Therefore, I am excited about work. I go to work enthusiastic. Man, if we could all say that all the time, right? I go to work enthusiastic because I am expecting this promotion. This is what hope is. Something that we know is going to happen and something, it changes how we live right now. It's a certain future that motivates us or drives us forward. Often, though, the things, the things that we have in life um, are not certain, right? We're even the things that we fully expect, they fail. We live in a world of, of, of fallible human beings. And, and maybe, you know, that promotion that we're promised falls through. Maybe the, the, the thing that we're looking forward to doesn't happen. And our hopes are dashed. Um, that, that's, that's particularly uninspiring, right? When, you, when you're going to work, you're expecting a promotion, and then, hey, we're going to pass on it this time. That's, that's when you... Well, that's when companies lose good employees, right? That's when, that's when nobody's inspired to go to work. Nobody feels enthusiastic about work. You, you stop knowing what to expect from work. 
you're not sure about the future. That's when you have no hope at work, and that's a terrible thing, right? But this, this shows us the connection, the, the parallel that hope has with faith. So if you have faith in your boss, now, now understand, I'm not talking about a Christian faith here. I'm not talking about faith in God. I'm talking about a normal trust, interaction with other people. If you have faith in your boss, that he is going to treat you fair, that he is going to uh, give you promotions when you deserve it, but then he lets you down, your faith in that person is broken. But, but tied with that is the hope, right? So when, when we have faith in somebody and that faith is broken, we had hope in our lives because of that relationship and that hope is dashed, that hope falls apart. And, and it's, faith and hope are very closely tied together, but they're different. But if we look at this, look at verse 3. The hope that we have in God is not, not subject to, to failing. The hope that we have in God is secure. Verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. God the Father has given us, as Christians, as part of our regeneration, a living hope. Something that is based on the resurrection of Christ from the dead. God has give, given us something that He guarantees. And guys, when we have faith in God, we will never be let down. When we think that we're let down, it's because our faith was not in God. When we have faith in God, we will never be let down. And he has guaranteed us a hope, a living hope, that we can know and we can be completely assured of. So, so we've answered the first question. What is hope? Hope is something that we expect will happen and it motivates us and changes us. The second thing is what, the second question is what is our hope based on? So it says, our Christian hope, our, our, our living hope, based on the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So an actual historical event, something that did happen. And then verse 4, it goes on, it reiterates the confidence that we can have. Verse 4 says, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Peter describes the things, the thing for which we hope as an imperishable, undefiled, and unfading inheritance. So this inheritance is the first puzzle piece of what it is that we hope for. We'll, we'll deal with that in a little bit. We'll set that aside. But, but we know that what we're hoping for is not going to fail, right? Imperishable. These words are, are powerful words. Imperishable. More imperishable than gold, he talks about later. Imperishable, undefiled, in, un unfading. They're hard words too, but they're powerful words. They're, they're words of, of eternity, right? They, these things won't end. We have an incredible amount of confidence. We, are, we can see that it's very secure and it's promised by the resurrection of Christ. It's based on the resurrection of Christ and kept perfect in heaven for us. You know, this is, this is a secure hope based on something that's already happened, secured through God in heaven. It's perfect. It's unfailable. It's more secure than anything on this earth. And verse 5 takes our confidence in this hope a step further. Verse 5 says, Who 
by God's power. Who is referring to Christians? People who have taken, have, have taken part in, in God's salvation. Who, Christians, by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. We are being guarded by God. Guys, I have to tell you, it's so easy to lose hope in, in things in this life. You know, when we're, when we're going and, and we put our hope in something, it's, it's easy to give up. It's easy to want to give up our hope. About six years ago, I started working for a company cleaning carpets. And it's not, it, it was not a glamorous job, but it paid the bills and... Uh, uh, I enjoyed it. It had a lot of job satisfaction, making dirty things clean. It was, it was fun, but I enjoyed it. I was, I was comfortable with the job. A couple years back, um, the, the owner of the company, who, was, who had become a friend at this point, the owner of the company came to me and told me that he was planning on selling the company. Man, that's, this shakes your whole world. Like, oh, man, I was, I was happy with this job, and oh. I don't know if a different boss, it's a small company, are they just going to fire us all? I don't know how it's going to work. And then he threw me another curveball. Would I be interested in purchasing the company? And naively I thought, well, man, there's a whole lot more confidence in being your own boss. There's a whole lot more security in, in owning a business than there is being part of a sold business, which was very naive. Um, but after praying about it, after, after seeking counsel, after, after crunching the numbers a thousand different ways, I, I was confident that I could make it work by buying the company. And, and, and we did it together, my wife and I. My, my wife is, is a thousand times smarter than me, and I wouldn't have even considered it without her there to be with me to help me through it. Um, but, but guys... I tell you, I did everything I could to prepare to buy this company, to do it right. I had, a, I had a plan, and I defended my plan to the bank. I went into purchasing that company with a ton of confidence. And do you know how long it took me before I lost hope in owning this business? I, let, let me ask it another way. Do you know how many times in the first two years of owning that business I lost hope? Sometimes I lost hope every two weeks when payroll was due or every month when the, the gas credit card came due. Uh, I, I, I lost hope uh, sometimes several times a week when the phone wouldn't ring or when there was staffing problems or insurance problems or, or advertising problems. I was constantly being like, oh, I shouldn't have done this. This was a terrible mistake. And... and and even though I had a plan, a plan that I had figured out, and even though I was taking over an established business, and even though I had a trained accountant to hold my hand and walk me through the things that I was too stupid to figure out, guys, I still lost hope time and time again. It's so easy to do with things in this life. It's so easy to say, ah, oh, man, I don't know. But verse 5 is not merely talking about a human hope where we can fall aside or we can lose our grasp on something. Verse 5 is talking about God 
guarding us, God holding us, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last day. God is guarding us. He's preserving us. He's causing us to continue in faith, to to persevere, even when we don't have the strength, even when we don't have the, the stamina or the wherewithal to keep going. He holds us together. He holds us and moves us forward. He will not let us lose our hope. How awesome is that? Our hope, based on the resurrection of Christ from the dead, is secured by God the Father till the last day. That is a solid base for hope. That is, that is secure, a hope that can never be shaken. It's also called a living hope. What does this mean? A living hope. I think the best way to understand what a living hope would be would be first to contrast it to a dead hope. You see, I mean, even the phrase, a dead hope, brings kind of, evoke, evokes a picture of of sadness and despair, a dead hope. But if we, if we look at a living hope and a dead hope, and then again we, we parallel it to a living faith and a dead faith, I think we can see what it means to, be, to, to have a living hope. Uh, turn back in your Bible, maybe just one page, to James 2. James 2, verses 14 through 26, talks about a living and dead faith. He talks about how a real or, or a living faith produces good works in the life of a Christian. How throughout the Bible, great men and women of faith didn't simply declare their faith, but they acted out their faith. They acted it out by obeying God, uh, loving others, preaching, serving, persevering through persecution. That is a living faith. Verse uh, 26, For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. This is James' theme. He says, he says a faith that is alive will cause change in you, will motivate you to accomplish good works. If, you're, if, if somebody says they have faith and you can't see any demonstrable difference in their life, They don't have faith. Their faith is dead. Their faith is meaningless. It is nothing. A true faith, a genuine faith, a living faith causes change. And the same same thing is true with a living hope. This is what the word living means. Something so real, so powerful that it produces an impact. We see the same idea in Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12 is the the passage that says uh, the word of God is, is, is living and I always want to quote that in the King James. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. That's just a beautiful verse. I like to say it in the King James. Um, the, the ESV reads, The word of God is living and active. Living. What, is it word that the, what does it mean that the word of God is living? It is so powerful that whenever it is proclaimed... It produces change. It causes things to happen. That is what a living word of God means. When it is proclaimed, it changes things. A living faith, when it is lived, it produces change in the life of a human being. A living hope is a fruitful, a productive hope. It causes a change in the way that we live out our lives. 
It causes a change in how we look at our life because we have that hope in us, that powerful hope that will not just sit dormant in us. It changes us. So we see what hope is. Hope is an expectation about the future that motivates us or inspires us. We see what hope is based on. It's based on the resurrection of Christ, secured by God the Father. And we see what a living hope is. It's, produce, it's a hope that produces change in our lives. But we haven't yet answered the question, what are we hoping for? Simply put, this is, this is easily understood, right? Whenever we hope for, whenever we hope, it is for something. Um, on, on Sundays in the fall, I hope that my team will do well. When I, when I work at my business, I hope for success in my business. So there, there is always an object of our hope, it, it, something that we're hoping for. Um, we look at the, the passage, back over to Peter. We look at this passage, P- Peter talks about in three spots, he, he alludes to what it is we're hoping for. Verse 4, it says, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. So an inheritance is the first, first hint we have of what it is we're hoping for. Verse 5 says, um, Christians, by God's power, are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Salvation not completely revealed to us. So we have an inheritance, a salvation that we don't completely understand. And lastly, in verse 9, it says, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So fundamentally, what it is we hope for is, is our gospel. It is our salvation, right? The, the thing, that, the, the good news that we tell, the, the Christ's payment on the cross for our sins, his, his forgiveness of our sins, his righteousness being put on our account so that we are righteous before God. That's the gospel, the, the good news, right? So that essentially the base, the base part of our hope is in this news, this good news, this gospel that we have that is central to our Christian faith. That's the basic part of it. But remember it said a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So this isn't, this, we have revealed to us the gospel of Christ. That's, that's revealed, we have that. But this also alludes to something more. Not that we need to add anything to salvation. Salvation is enough hope for an eternity, but, but salvation also has different aspects to it. And, and the salvation, the, the, the part of it that uh, Peter is alluding to is, is the future aspect of salvation. Remember, Peter says that, that our hope is based on the resurrection of Christ. So our forgiveness of our sins was made possible by the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, right? We understand this connection. Forgiveness of sins was made possible by the death. But our new life in Christ and our future second coming, our future home with Christ is made possible, is initiated by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So this is two parts of salvation. And and this is specifically hoping in that future, that future 
joining with Christ in our future salvation. Something that we don't completely understand. Something that we don't fully grasp on. What does it mean to be with Christ in heaven for eternity? A, a, an eternal life. We can't, we can't put our finger on you know, what that means. We have a bare glimpse of what it means to live for an eternity with Christ. But God has promised us the mystery of heaven, a future communion with God. And guys, though we don't understand it, how awesome it is that that is what it is that we're hoping for. A, a future that is secured, a future that causes change in us, that, that is with Christ forever. Though we don't fully understand it, we know that it is something great and it is something that, that we should be excited about and it should motivate us every day of our life. So we've answered four questions. We've answered what is hope? We've answered what is our hope based on? We've answered what does it mean that our hope is living? And we've answered what we hope for. The last question is a practical one. What do we do with it? We have hope. What is the result of that hope? What is the the practical result of that hope? What do we do now? This is where verses 6 through 8 come in. Join with me as I read. Verse 6 through 8 says, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. The two practical things that we can get from our hope, the, the, the changes that we have. I think there are two practical things that we can see. The first one is our hope causes us to survive the trials that we have in our lives. We all have struggles. We all have times where purely human hope is not enough, right? We, we've, we all recognize that. When, when we try and it's not enough in ourselves, it's an inevitable part of life. Trials is inevitable. And, and as verse 7 says, it, it's important for growth. Trials aren't necessarily a, uh, a good thing. In fact, they can be evil things, but they can, cause, they can cause hope and growth in us. Just like verse 7 says. Verse 7 says, So that the tested genuineness of your faith may be found to result in praise and glory and honor in the revelation of Jesus Christ. And any parent can attest what this is. Any parent understands that uh, when, you, when you wean or potty train or take a kid with a skinned knee and put him back up on a bike, sometimes trials make somebody a better person. And even though those trials are hard, we can use the hope that God has put in us and become better people through that. We can grow. We can, we can rejoice in Christ despite our hardships. Through our hardships, recognizing that our hardships will cause us to grow, we can rejoice. And we can turn every struggle in our life around to glory and praise and honor to Jesus Christ. That is something that we can do with the hope in our life. That is what our hope can accomplish it can take hardness and produce good. 
The other thing that our hope can do is it can cause us to love. Verse 8 says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that's inexpressible. Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. He said after that is loving your neighbor as yourself. If we are filled with hope, if we are truly filled with hope that is, that is life-changing, that causes us to act, it causes us a living hope, remember, it causes us to change the way we live our life. If we are truly filled with that hope, we will be living a life that is brimming over with hope. With, brimming over with love, I should say. Because it causes us to demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ. As Christ's followers, we have been filled with hope. And, and, and when we have this hope in us, we have this love that we're to give out. Guys, we have an incredibly loveless world around us, hopeless world around us that needs hope, that needs our love. And what better way to show love than to share the hope of Jesus Christ? If we have the light of Christ, the the promise of salvation, the the truth of the gospel, and, and the living hope that comes with knowing Jesus, what an awesome thing to be able to share that with someone who has no hope. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the hope that is in us, the the immeasurable, uh, ungraspable hope that, that, that changes the way that we live. We thank you for that. Lord, we pray that you would help us to be receptive to the change that it should cause in our life. Lord, if we truly have hope, a future promised to us in heaven with you, help help us to realize how that should be changing us. Help us to realize how that we should rejoice through hardships. We should celebrate who you are and what you've done. Lord, help us not to to rely on our human hopes. Help us to not rely on the expectation of, 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 of fallible humans, but Lord, rely on your hope as something that gives us security through all time, through every struggle. We praise you, Lord. We ask that you would be with each one of us today. We ask these things in your name. Amen.